job as a bouncer at a strip club in Vegas called the Palomino Club, which is the only club that serves alcohol and is fully nude. A lot of funny stories from that place. This this guy gets up and he walks over to me and just goes, whoop, right into my fucking neck, <laughs> in my throat. And I'm just like, ah, fuck you, motherfucker. I wish I could to could tell you what it was that I was doing, but I didn't get caught for any of it. And I stole a lot of money doing it. Right. All right. I see the SWAT shields and they don't see me yet. Mm. So in one, in one motion, I ditch the gun behind the TV and I dive into the middle of, I, I, one time, once they let me out, I'm like, fuck you, catch me if you can. Hey, this is Matt Cox and I'm here to do a true crime story and we are going to be uh, we're going to be speaking with a super interesting guy. I was actually interviewed on uh, his podcast. His podcast is Nowhere to Go But Up. All Thanks right. for having me on, brother. Appreciate yeah. it. And no it's good problem. to see you. We've already been talking for about 15 minutes before uh, before any of this. So we should we should have recorded that and stuck it at the, at the end of this. Um, anyway, so you came through what well, wasn't Tampa it was what St. Pete, Florida. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I get. Yeah, I was in St. Pete. Uh, I was, I went down there to be on concrete, uh, show you've been on quite a few times. Right. And, um, and before that, uh, Tyler, a uh, shout out to Tyler. Um, he hooked it up and yeah. you I and I, yeah, yeah. And you and I crossed paths before, uh, I went to that, uh, interview and we did one in our, in the hotel room. I'd gotten a suite specifically. So it had a section where I could, you know, put a little studio and stuff right. in there. And that was pretty cool. Uh, the only thing I didn't like about that setup is uh, watching it back on the on the on the video was how much weight I had put on uh, during COVID. Yeah, you were you were pretty thick. <laughs> yeah, I was girthy, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so so let's, but you know, we that we kind of went over my story. Like, what your story? You have a you know crime story. You ended up uh, getting in some uh, having some issues. Yeah, yeah, issues. I mean, that's a a nice way of putting it. So let's let's get into that. Like, what? Like, where where were you? You know, where were you born? Where were you? Where'd you grow up? So I grew up in a small suburb of uh, Northern California, in the East Bay, uh, close to San Francisco, probably thirty minutes outside of the city, uh, going east. And I was, uh, you know, raised uh, you know, my parents. Uh, my father was a cop. My mom, uh, she was a stay-at-home mom, and he was an alcoholic. And so I grew up in a very tumultuous uh, environment. Um, you know, some violence. I mean, I don't know if I actually saw any of it, but I know I heard stories about it. And you know, I guess my my sister and my brother would uh, would whisk me away as soon as it would start erupting and in, in, into a closet and start singing to me, uh, at some point. So I don't know. I, I heard stories and not really sure what I saw, but I know how I became in life. And I, I think I must've seen something because the, there was a lot of similarities of the stories that I heard, uh, and my own actions. So down, down in life. So, right. And so, you know, so basically from the time I was five, um, you know, my mom had had me in daycares and, and all these things. I was I was definitely rebellious. I got kicked out of uh, out of preschool. You know, I, I literally got expelled from preschool. I couldn't have been like maybe seven or eight years old. Yeah, you know, like, wow. whatever. Yeah, whatever what you age you are in the third grade. 
Um, there were some kids that were walking in the backfield uh, behind us from the school that I was going to at the time I was in the third grade. And they were walking, and I, I imagine they were mouthing off or something, and I picked up a dirt clod, what I thought was a dirt clod, right? You know what I'm talking about. They're hard dirt. Yeah. And I went to throw it, and usually when you throw them, they just sort of go poof in the air, right? Well, this one didn't. There was a rock actually in it, and the rock hit a little girl right in her uh, in her face, and and I, it was from a distance too. Like I I, I wasn't even tr- impressed by the shot. At, at least you know, yeah, I hit her. It was wrong, but I did hit her. It was a good <laughs> shot. Oh, that, like, dude, I killed that shot, man. Uh, so yeah, I ended up getting uh, expelled, and so that started the whole latch key for me, right? The mm-hmm. the the, the great American experience of the latchkey kid, uh, which is a horrible experiment. Experiment. I don't recommend you uh, leave your kids alone to no discipline or structure or anything. It just is not a good idea. Went through that, um, you know, learned that I didn't really need anybody because I'm doing everything on my own. So like anything that my mom would like try to put me on restriction or whatever, I just be like, oh, okay, whatever. I'm just going to take the phone off the hook and, and go and do what I want to do and come back home, put it on the hook. And you know, I was on the phone. All right. Learned how to be manipulative, uh, you know, just got into all kinds of shit. And then, and then when, and then when I was, uh, about. 16 was my first no 15 I was a freshman was my first run-in with the law and I had uh it was on a summer the first time I'd screwed some chick I didn't know that she was uh that she was dating some gangbanger from you know what I mean the next town over and uh, I got a uh, phone call and it was on the answering machine remember those things and it was and yeah. the guy left a, a tape message right and hey man, da, 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 I'm gonna cue you. Come down here and there, blah blah blah. And so I took that tape the next and went to school the next day. And all my little gangbanger friends, which I wasn't a gangbanger, but I was like the chameleon in high school where I can go from every different group and fit and and mix in, right? And so I went over to them and I played the tape and I said, "Man, listen to this dude, man." So I was like what we would consider today like agitating a situation and trying to build up some excitement around it right so i can get these guys on my side to come down with me and so it worked and so by the time lunchtime rolled around uh there was about seven carloads full of guys uh going to the next going to the next school over in the next town and we all park and kind of start walking down and I see the chick and the, and she just bolts, she runs. Right. And so the guy next to her, I know that that's probably who, you know, sent the message. We, we, we get to him and then immediately all my people like fucking surround him. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, dude, I'm, I'm a pussy. I, I don't fight. You right. know what I mean? I don't know how to fight. I'm just this you know, guy. That, it's a lot different talking shit when you're with your buddies, when you're you know, safe and being faced with the guy. Yeah. And so what ended up happening, this guy fucking reaches, like starts reaching in his pocket. And that was a mistake. He should never have done that. Somebody comes from behind me, hits him. He pinballs, bing, 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 ends up running into the, into the store. Somebody catches him at the door, picks him up, slams him onto the, onto the counter, proceeds to, to take everything off the counter with this guy. We come back around like to sort of get into the into the store to see what's going on 
the guy that's that's on the counter re- got in got that knife out of his pocket eventually opened it up and then slashed my friend across the face with it all of this is on camera okay in the store so we take off once that happens we all jam we take off um the the it was more of a scratch than it was the knife was kind of dull so it it could have done a hell of a lot more damage than it did but the point being is i go back to school i'm sitting over at, at subway as if you know nothing happened right i'm eating my sandwich at lunch uh, i i didn't touch anybody i didn't do anything so i feel like i'm safe right right hell no the 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 school security somehow knew who I, I was at subway and comes and gets me and now i'm in trouble for inciting a riot <clears throat> so that was my first uh, uh, introduction into uh, there, and then it just went all downhill from there. Got Were involved in meth at, at you know, 16, 17, uh, got declared incorrigible from my mom because she couldn't control me. I was, you know, doing meth, staying up all night, not coming home. And so basically, I became a ward of the state. A state well, of- were, you, were you arrested for the inciting a riot? Yeah, they arrested me, and I got put on probation. Okay. So I got put on probation, which gave, you know what I mean? And I j- didn't take it seriously. I mean, I did all kinds of crazy shit, man. Like, I remember one time I got out when I was in juvenile hall. Um, it was near, it was around um, Thanksgiving. And so my mom wanted to take me to my, you know, sometimes they'll let you out when you're a kid in juvenile hall to go do things, right? And then come back. Uh, it's like a weekend pass. And so I never came back from it. I went to Thanksgiving and then just bolted and took the BART train and went and hung out with some chick for, you know, a couple of days and then turned myself in, got charged for an escape. Uh, You know, I do all kinds of stuff like that. Just literally one dumb decision after the next. And it just, you know, would catapult me into an even worse situation or even more time hanging over my head. And so that that continued on. through i think there and then i went ended up getting in trouble again they gave me the uh, uh, option of doing nine months in juvenile hall or going to a drug treatment center because i cried oh i have a drug problem i'm on meth you know trying to get out of trouble by you know crying that story and and you were you were on meth Uh, yeah i was but i mean at at that point I, i didn't really think that i had a problem i was just trying to play the part you know play it up right you know what i mean to make it seem like i was more fucked up than i was so i could get some either leniency or maybe go somewhere different yeah which was the the rehab or the group home that they sent me to uh which was supposed to be for six months but it ended up being like fuck man it it was i was there for 16 months and yeah well because it's a it's a it was like a rehab so it didn't really it wasn't really based on time it was based on progress and so i mean no dude i was manipulating the staff uh like i (laughs) would like i got into the kitchen um i wasn't a kitchen worker but i was sweet with the uh with the the kitchen lady right the worker there and so she would let me come in and i would make like fucking an omelet and like all kinds of shit that was different from all the other kids that were in there right and then i'd come out and sit right in front of all of them and eat this omelet while they had these like fucked up ass eggs and shit and so i would just do all kinds of things to manipulate situations into you know what i needed them to be i was selling cigarettes to to the clients like you got five cigarettes a day so i managed to get 
money in there and because I was cutting people's hair too. So I was making cash from cutting people's hair because you got like $5 a week. I was giving that money to the guys who would come from the emancipation house down and could leave. I would give them money. I'd buy them a pack of cigarettes and they'd buy me like three, right? And I'd sell those cigarettes for a dollar a piece. And so I'm like hustling and selling in, in there. And then like, I remember one time I, uh, I, uh, I just left, like there was a chick that came in and I was like, God, I want to, I want to fuck this chick. Right. And so I was like, all right, let's go, let's leave. And so I convinced her to run away with me. I had money to take the Bart. I took the part to my mom's and then, and then took the, uh, this is so funny. I just remembered this story. Um, I took the Bart to my, to, to the bus, the bus to my house. I knew my mom had already gone to, uh, or was going to leave for work, but we got there like hella earlier than she was, uh, already there. Right. So I remember I had up in the Hills, I had my tent up there that I would go and I would, you know, escape up to the, to the Hills to like my fort. Right. I had a sleeping bag in there. I had all kinds of stuff in there. And I'd only been gone for like maybe six months at this point, seven months. And so we cut up there, went up there and, and got what I needed, came back down, took a shower and you know, got some more of what I needed. And, uh, you know, call my mom, say, hey, mom, I'm at the house. Uh, I need a ride back to back to the rehab. And uh, yeah, just do just stupid shit like that, man. Just like no, no like thought of consequences for actions and behaviors he built some of the nation's largest banks out of an estimated 55 million dollars because 50 million wasn't enough and 60 million seemed excessive he is the most interesting man in the world i don't typically commit crimes but when i do it's bank fraud stay greedy my friends support the channel Join Matthew Cox's Patreon. At what point, I, I just think, you know, at what point did you, did you say, look, I got to get out of here? Or did they just get tired of you and say, yeah, yeah, he's good. Just let's get rid of him. No, I actually realized that I wasn't going to go anywhere and they weren't going to let me go anywhere until I started actually working the system or like right. conforming, basically. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a were you really conforming or are you just playing the part? You were just faking your way through it or. No, I, I had actually surrendered at that point. And there's a crate. This is the, the most, for me, the term that I just don't understand. And I wrestle with quite a bit, even today is surrender to win. And right. it's super foreign to me. I just don't understand it. But at that point I realized that I had to surrender to get the fuck out of there. Right. And so right. I actually just let down, let my guard down and allowed, allowed, like I really started participating. Uh, I got really involved in school and wanting to graduate. And so like I, I applied myself there. Um, I ended up like writing some essays that won me some scholarships. Um, then like at the end, when it was time for me to go, like I had accomplished so much and I was doing outreach work to high school kids and going and telling my story to high schools and, and you know what I mean? Getting letters back from them. And it was like, there was a transformation that was happening and, and it was really, really cool, but I was so young, you know what I mean? That I, I, I didn't really grasp it. Right. 
right. didn't really understand the opportunity that I was given uh, to make something different of myself and change the direction, right? Or change that narrative. And it lasted for a little bit, but then it, it all went away. I think probably two years later, I was, I got out when I was like 18, 19, uh, went to my, to, I, I left there and went out, went to live with my, uh, brother, which is now my sister. Um, and that's a whole, that was a, a whole shocker there, uh, learning that. Um, and then I went, uh, back to my mom's from there. I went up to, uh, Sacramento, and I moved in uh, under uh, on top of some meth addicts. So they were living downstairs. And obviously, at some point, we would cross paths and realize, that, oh, you like that shit, too. And, uh, you know, went back on that run. Uh, and this is I'm about, I think, 18, 19. Uh, no, about 19, 20 right now. 20, uh, I would say mid 90s. I got really heavily involved in selling Coke and, and ecstasy and GHB and like all the club drugs and was really, you know, running a lot of things, had some crews going on uh, in the Sacramento area. Uh, I ended up getting a uh, stripper pregnant because I was quite, I spent a lot of time in strip clubs uh, in the Sacramento area. There's about four or five of them. And at the time where I was living, I had two twins that worked at a club that I was like, like their big brother. Like we were, you know, always hanging out. And so they would always bring their, their friends over, right? Because I sold drugs and, you know, strip clubs and drugs, they kind of go together hand in hand. Right. And the strip, the, the drug dealers that I was dealing with, cause I was a horrible drug dealer. Let's just get that right. The fuck out straight up. I was a break even drug dealer. I, partied way more than than i made and i was always always broke but i always had drugs and the only thing that kept me from getting my ass kicked by the dealers is that i had all the strippers around me and so if they wanted to continue to come to the party they kind of had to put up with my lackadaisical attitude towards paying people <laughs> okay so yeah, it was, uh, it, it was, it was super interesting. It was a, it was a good time, a fun time, but I mean, it was a lot your, of, uh, yeah. In your twenties. Yeah. In my twenties. And then I tried to recreate that whole scenario when I moved to Vegas, <laughs> fucking completely failed. That's where I ended up, uh, falling was when I lived in Vegas. So anyways, I hooked up with the stripper, got her pregnant um ran into a situation with another uh a gentleman that uh wanted to kill me or or you know what i mean uh, right and so you know me being the uh coward that i was at the time and the non-fighter and you know i was a big dude and people a lot of people never really you know tested me right right and that's i to my detriment because it gives you a false sense of of who you are if you haven't fucking proven anything about who you are right um i agree <laughs> and so uh I, I ran i'm like fuck this this uh, i don't <laughs> why does so, this guy want to kill you why does he want to why does he want to i you know i don't know um it was a strange situation you know we were all on drugs and right. this was a, the crew that i was rolling with and we would like 
like these like you gotta you gotta think of the, the time period so this is like the 90 late 90s right maybe 97 98 and club drugs and raves were just popping up right that was the thing strip clubs were just you know becoming a thing more places were having them now um and so being connected to that these other groups knew that that's you know kind of like my lane was and so they would call me up and want to party at like fucking three o'clock in the morning right these these other crews and be like hey man who's can, who can you call to bring over and so i became i started becoming the guy that had all of the like my nickname was mr after hours right because i had all of the the chicks that i could just call up because they just got off work at two three o'clock in the morning right they're just getting home or if they would hit me before they get off, I could set the whole thing up and have like seven, seven chicks, you know what I mean? Uh, coming to hang out to come do ecstasy or whatever drug that these guys got, you know, and they want to party with. So but what are you doing for a living at this point? Still just selling drugs? I'm just selling drugs. Okay. I'm selling drugs. And then, and then, so here's another thing. Another part of that is I would find guys that would want to, hang out right there would be people that would be oh dude you got all these chicks i just want to be in your like in your ethos right? right and so i would find you know marks within there and so there was there was one guy uh he was a er doctor and he had gotten fucked up and, and prescribed himself like this guy was in the news for for writing prescriptions for himself up and down the the central valley and uh but they these doctors they have insurance right that if they get fucked up or they get uh if they get addicted this insurance is paying this motherfucker ten thousand dollars a month oh yeah yeah like loss of income uh insurance or some shit man but i was like oh cha-ching right that's what i was thinking so i ended up uh letting him start to hang out and then eventually i'm like hey you know what I think my, my, uh, PG and E bill was up to like a thousand dollars and getting close to being cut off. Right. And I was drowning and I was going to lose my, uh, my, uh, uh, townhouse. And so I convinced this guy to move in, right. Hey, you can have the, you can have the master bedroom, dude. You'll have access to all the chicks that come over all the time. And so he was like, game, he like, hell yeah. So he paid off all my shit, got me current with everything. And then come to find out, like about a month and a half, two months into it, this guy's a fucking nut. He's a he's just a crazy like weirdo. And remember, you know, GHB, that's the uh the what they considered the date rape drug, but that's not how it started. It started yeah, as yeah. a as a like a supplement that bodybuilders would take and it helped them, you know, get them into REM sleep immediately, and then it also burns fat, you know, as you're sleeping and some other shit. So this guy because I was getting that stuff and I would use it, you know, I, I, I went through plenty of issues with that. I should be dead like five times from that shit, but managed to live. Um, he was, he was doing the date rape shit. Right. And he was bringing these girls over to take pictures of them. Right. He, and he would say, Hey, I'm a photographer. And he had all of the stuff that made it look like, cause this room that he was in was huge. The master bedroom in this townhouse. And so he would bring, he would lure them in by saying hey i can do your portfolio right right he'd fucking drug them and then he would take weird pictures of them like I, I caught him fucking i saw a picture uh 
of him that he took of this chick and he would like shove chow mein in their fucking pussy and take and take pictures of it and do like weird shit <laughs> right oh, and so they yeah i had to get rid of that dude weirdo. man you're yeah, I had to get rid of that, that motherfucker, but I mean, that yeah, it's just crazy shit like that that people I come across. Anyways, so yeah, I left, went to Vegas, took the took the chick with me, um, had the kid. Uh, ended up, I had a partner from one of these crews that came out and and he with his stripper, right? And she moved there, and I'd moved him out before in the middle, of, like when she went to Vegas, and you know, we she we. Uh, for the whole weekend we just like cleaned out the his place and moved him out he ended up getting back together with her they moved back to vegas and then we we hook up again and dude just a fucking mess so end up fucking off the uh the whole the whole pregnancy uh and the relationship um with that uh with that my daughter's mom um getting so much trouble just i mean i i i made a a like I've always tried to do good, right? I would I would fall off. I would always I would fall off and I would fuck shit up and then somehow I would make it back and get off of stuff, you know, on my own and try to build things back up and like all right, it's I'm going to do it this time. You know, this this time it's going to stick. This time I'm not going to do drugs and I'm not going to do meth and I'm not going to do all these things and I'm not going to ruin my life. <laughs> and it just never fucking stuck, right? right? And this was one of those things. And at some point, the daughter's mom, and this was this was a, the straw that broke the camel's back. If you want this whole story, because I'm jumping quite a bit, go to my go to my fucking link tree, and right on the link tree is my story. It's a three hour rendition of a very is clear just, and concise is rendition. It just, just you talking. No, it's, it's somebody interviewing me, but it's it's oh. pretty much just me talking because the guy can't get a word in edgewise to ask a question or or anything. But I mean, it's how long? How long was your interview with Concrete? It was only it was short, man. It was like yeah. an hour and a half. Yeah, um, yeah. I had you know I had some that that you know that I didn't come away from that interview feeling feeling fulfilled. Let's just, let's just say let's just say that. I, it was it was it was different for me. It was the first time I'd ever gone and done a, like a, a live in person thing. Right. I was mostly one of these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, a yeah. Zoomer, you know, Streamyarder, live streamer, whatever you want to call it. And so I had done some in person interviews up to that point. Like I've tried to, and they were always uncomfortable to me. And I had, I, we just didn't like. I hadn't talked to him prior. Right. There was no, there was no like rapport or any kind of thing. It was just coming in straight cold. Okay. And it was pretty obvious that he hadn't like even known anything about my story. And so what that did for me was it, cause I've done the same thing to people, right? I've come into interviews just like that. And it made me, it, it made me understand how, how gross that felt as as the person be receiving it right like fuck man the dude just didn't even give a fuck enough to even look at why i'm here <laughs> you, you know what i mean that's how i felt about when i i did vlad you know vlad tv mm -hmm, mm -hmm. listen he didn't have a clue 
He didn't have he he didn't know anything about my story. He had like some cliff notes that some assistant had given him. He's asking me questions that I'm like, like you just jumped like five years. Like what you know what I'm saying? Like you're not, yeah. you know, I'm telling the story, you know, um in in you know chronologically, you just jump yeah. five years and then you jump back and then you just like, what do you bro? Like you said you wanted me to tell my story, like. Let me and tell you know, my story. Yeah, you have no. He has no. He had no clue what was going, yeah. what was happening. Yeah. It got to a point where I was like, "Listen, man, let me just, let me just, just tell the story. Stop asking questions because it's you're not you're, you're you're got me all confused and it, it's you know. But anyway, so so but usually Danny's pretty good. I mean, I don't know what the issue was, but usually he's very inquisitive. Typically, too inquisitive. Some, yeah, it's just like some of the questions that he was asking just didn't it, it was uh like it's a, like maybe it just didn't understand. I don't know. But whatever whatever the feeling that I had going into that, that feeling didn't go away until like an hour and 15 into the interview. Then we started kind of gelling a little bit. Right. And so it was like I don't know. The best thing that I said it did for me is it it, it showed me how I made other people feel. Right. Cause right. I'd done that plenty of times to other people. And I was like, fuck, I don't like the way that feels. I'm not doing that to nobody else again. Um, you know what I mean? Or not, or, or just not interviewing. If I can't give, if I, if I can't commit to honoring your time and your story, the way that it should be as a, as a creator, then I probably shouldn't even engage in it. You know what I mean? Right. I get it. I understand. And so um, that's just kind of, that's just kind of how it made me feel. Um, I, I like, I like his show. I like some of the, the guests that he's had on it. And, you know, I, I made the mistake too, of going into the comments and so dude, stay the fuck out of those comments. I don't know. He's got, it's uh he always says it's a cesspool. His comment section is just a cesspool. Yeah, it is. And that didn't do much for my self-esteem. That's yeah, for guys sure. Are, listen, guys are, you know, half the comment. Well, some of the videos are just horrific. The comments about me and then, and the problem is when I initially would go into the comment section, you know, there could be a hundred comments saying that's an amazing story. What a, what an amazing guy would, and there could be two people that said, this guy's a piece of garbage. He's lying. None of that ever happened. This guy's full of it. And, and I would go nuts or get all upset and depressed. I mean, that was initially like now I'm so far past any of that, but initially it was crushing. I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I, so I just stopped. I don't even fucking go in there, but, um, yeah, so I mean, it uh, like what, what, where, where were we at? We went to uh, the stripper girlfriend, um, and the guy moved in. You said you had to move him out, okay? So at some point, we end up uh, splitting up. And, and mind you, like, I'm not, I'm not the best, uh, uh, significant other at this point, right? No, to any of the relationships that I've been in, I'm a, I'm a bully, I'm toxic. I'm I, I will do anything to 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 make you do what I need you to do short of beating you up because I know beating you up is going to put me in jail. So I don't know if that makes me even a bigger piece of shit or or not. Um, but I mean, this is just how I, you know, my modus operandi. And then it makes sense now that I look back at what I had grown up with right. that I would turn into this. Right. And so at some point I, 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 you know, split up with her, um, and we're, I, I have the kid and I was, so remember that scene in blow with Johnny Depp when he's having his kid. Yeah. So picture me in the same situation, only on GHB. 
nodding out right. nodding out in the fucking in in as we're having the ch- as she's in labor i can barely fucking stand up and our neighbor our guy who's you know you know the you know those guys she's a stripper so our neighbor our neighbor is there yeah. right the guy first yeah, the, the good friend that 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 is just waiting in the in the wings for yeah. for this for to, to dissolve, so maybe he can have a shot. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and so I mean, it was it was it was so fucked up, man. And I, I don't even remember my daughter being born. I don't remember cutting the umbilical cord. I, he could have been the one to cut it, for all I know. Um, and so, a little bit shortly after that, I ended up we ended up splitting up. Um, and then at some point she goes to is going to go for California for Christmas. She says, Hey, can you drop us off at the airport? I'll let you, can you take my, my uh, SUV and please don't drive it. <laughs> okay. Um, so they go, uh, it is Christmas Eve in Las Vegas I'm fucked up on GHB driving her SUV to rum jungle. And, uh, I think that's a, what can't remember what uh, casino that is. Um, I'm there by myself, uh, partying it up. You know what I mean? Cause when I'm high, dude, I, I, I will go anywhere by myself. I don't care. I've got a fucking funny ass story about me and naked city, uh, in a crack house um how i managed to find myself in a crack house when i'm a meth addict craziness um anyways the uh i i <laughs> i leave the last thing i remember when i'm driving uh in this story is i remember taking the turn to go to flamingo south and i'm going uh like towards the strip um, or towards North Las Vegas at this point on, on the freeway. I take this, this turn and I'm the, that's all. I, that's the last thing I remember. And the next thing I remember is I hit a fucking telephone pole and I tacoed the whole SUV, right? Like the whole thing came down and went wham, right? The center of the, of the, uh, the, the roof, nothing happened to me. I get out and I walk across the street like nothing fucking happened to the 7-Eleven. I go and I get a, a Gatorade. The lady in the who just probably seen this happen is looking at me like, like, what am I looking? What am I watching right now? I go and I get that Gatorade. I pay for it. And she doesn't say shit. Doesn't say nothing to me. I walk back over there. I get the fucking GHB. Take another cap blackout again and the next time i wake up i'm standing down the street in front of a fucking closed um uh drive-through order just like not just nodding out right and i'm like i get my bearings i'm where the fuck am i at man right? i'm looking around trying to like figure it out and i see the the car being put up or the vehicle being put up onto a a, a tow a tow truck a flatbed i run over there and i go oh wait 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 hey that's my car that's my car and he's like yeah we've been wondering where the fuck you went and i'm like yeah i, I whatever i'm like hey can i get something out of it did it again took another fucking cap right 
did not even care about the car, what's going on, or the ramifications of what kind of fucking trouble I'm in now. Uh, you know, the relationship that I'm trying to save. It, <laughs> none of that. Right. Uh, take the cap again, blackout again, and the next time I wake up, I'm in the store that I, if I would have missed that telephone pole, I would have ran straight through uh, the liquor store. And so I'm in the liquor store in front of the fucking uh, porno section and I'm blacked out doing doing that same thing. Right. Nodding out. Um, the police are now coming in. I wake up. I come to the police are next to me and they're leading me out of the store and into an ambulance. So at this point, they don't know that I'm fucked up on anything because they can't smell it. GHB, you can't smell. Right. They think what? Maybe head injury. Yeah, exactly. They think I had a head trauma. Right. And so really isn't that far from the truth based on the story so far. But anyway. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. There's some issues, but yeah. not from the accident. Go ahead. Sorry. So I, I as, as I as I realize what they're doing, that they're they're trying to push me into the ambulance, I fucking tense up and, and start fighting with fighting them. Right. And and they they like get me into there and they say stop fighting you're just dude this is for your own good we don't know what what's we think you've had a head trauma and like do you remember what you did you know what i mean they're just like like they're super concerned and so i'm like all right so i get in and the uh, ambulance drivers like uh or not the driver but the, the 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 tech in the back right who's tending to me as we pull away he's like dude cut the bullshit what the fuck are you on right and I'm like, I'm like nothing. And he's like, look, man, if you don't want me to put something in you that's going to hurt you or interact with whatever the fuck it is that you're on, you need to tell me what you're on. You know, you're not going to get in trouble at this point. You, somehow you've managed to get off the hook on this one because <laughs> they right. think they think something different. <clears throat> and so I go, OK, so I'm, blah, 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 blah. I fucking, you know, spill the beans because I don't want to die from something that they stick in me with a, a drug interaction. And so they get, they get me there. They, they play hook me up and, uh, like I'm there for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes and I pull everything out and fucking jam. Um, and the only thing that happened to me for me from that is I got a $90 ticket for the light pole, but it ruined my relationship with my ex. Uh, cause when she came back and she's like, dude, what the fuck? She let her insurance lapse. Oh, Wow. So not only did I just wreck her car, I wrecked her fucking life, right? Because now she owes the money on that car, doesn't have a car. I mean, she's a stripper. She makes a shitload of money, but it, it, that's not the point. The point is, <laughs> the point is, is that I thought so little of this person who supposedly I loved and I had a kid with and all this other stuff. And, you know, I just literally just fucked their life up. And so that was the end of that one. Uh, we, she, uh, we kind of went our separate ways. She hooked up with some other dude. I uh, never really saw my kid a whole lot after that. Uh, I ended up getting in a DUI. Um, I got my ass fucking whooped uh, by the highway patrol in um, Las North Las Vegas. Uh, I I woke up. I mean, cause I do drinking and me are not good, dude. I turn violent as fuck when I'm, when I'm drunk and I was drunk. Now I didn't do anything to these officers. And I remember because I was I was conscious enough to to remember exactly what happened, right? And when they pulled up to me, my head was on my chin because I was passed out driving, right? Right. Like, woo -woo! I, I come to and I'm like, "Hi, hey, 
right? I pull over and they pull me out of the car. I couldn't, I couldn't pull myself out of the car. Right. Right. Which means I, if I can't, if, if I can't hold myself up, I'm probably not gonna be able to hold my fucking head up. Right. Right. They claimed that I tried to headbutt one of the officers by doing that. And they proceeded to whoop the fucking shit out of me, like beat me pretty bad. Probably just dozing out. Yeah. And that's all it was. And so I knew that, right? I knew I just got my ass kicked when I, they knocked me unconscious to where when I woke up, I was in the back of the car at the, like just pulling up to the police station I came to. Hmm. So there's some head trauma there, right? Okay. I'm, I'm pissed and I'm drunk still. They get me in there and I'm fucking literally throwing my shoes, throwing my shit at these fucking officers, right? I'm I'm hot because I know that you that somebody just fucking violated me. You know what I mean? And I didn't deserve it. Yeah, I was drunk, but I didn't do what you I didn't deserve to that. And so, anyways, right. I uh, uh there was a, a one of the officers came by me and I wasn't in cuffs and I went to fucking strike his ass. And uh I and luckily we were in a portable, right? We weren't in a concrete floor or the the floor had some give. Right. They fucking nailed me, dude, right on my head, my temple, wham, on that floor. So there's second trauma. I wake up, I wake up strapped to this motherfucking thing, still drunk, and an officer's right in front of me, man. I just started in again, start talking shit. Fuck you, you fucking pig, you motherfucker. Da, 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 da. And after about five minutes of this, this guy gets up and he walks over to me and just goes, whoop, right into my fucking neck, <laughs> in my throat. And I'm just like, ah, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> so, yeah, dude, horrible. He built some of the nation's largest banks out of an estimated $55 million because $50 million wasn't enough and $60 million seemed excessive. He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't typically commit crimes, but when I do, it's bank fraud. Stay greedy, my friends. Support the channel. Join Matthew Cox's Patreon. Bro, um, how much did you get time for all that? Um, yeah, well, I had to go through the whole DUI thing. When I when I finally sobered up and I, I was in the pod, the, the, the officer that I went to hit, he uh, actually came to the unit and he pulled me out and he goes, hey, man, I just I just want to see if you're all right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. And he's like, do you do you rem even remember who I am? And I'm like, no. Uh -uh. He's like, I'm the guy you tried to hit. And he's like, you need help, my friend. Right. Because if you're if if you're getting drunk to the point where you're making decisions like that, the next time you're probably going to be in here for killing somebody. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I I don't know if I really took it. I. I don't, you know, I don't even know. I don't even know. So anyways, I don't, I don't know how I took it at that point. I, 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 it was, it made enough of a min, of an impact that I remember it. Right. Right. But I don't know if it did anything to deter what was going to happen. You know what I mean? Down the road. So yeah, while I, I was know, in, you know, um, I, I met a, I met a guy in federal prison that was a truck driver that had been up on meth for like a fucking five or six days or something. 
and was driving through uh, a national forest and ran over, dozed off and ran over two hikers. Just a, a couple, like a, a, a couple of 20-year-old college student hikers in a national forest or national park. And he drove right through it and just happened to be federal land. Now they don't have a vehicular homicide in the in the federal system, so they he had he took two pleas of uh, of murder, and he got fifteen years and did eighty five percent of it. Mm. And um, but yeah, it's like progressively he could tell you progressively it got worse and worse. He said I just you know I would get in trouble and and I would do whatever it was and I'd go right back to what I was doing. It just progressively got worse and worse until eventually he killed somebody. You know, I mean, it was, and that's, you know, so I can, I can see that because that's, that's just the progression. Yeah. Well, he was thinking more like my anger, not the drinking part. He's just like, dude, you're, oh, okay. I've never, I've never seen anybody come in that fucking charged up. Oh, he wasn't the cop that pulled you out of the car. No, he was the one I tried to hit in, oh, the, in booking. Okay. I th- I'm sorry. I thought he was one of the officers that found you in the vehicle. No, no, no. This was this was one of the uh, booking officers, the one that was walking around that I tried to try to strike at, and yeah. And so he's like, "Dude, I've never seen anybody like that, like that fucking angry." It's like, dude, you you just like there was something different about you. You know what I mean? You were like somewhere else. It wasn't even like like you were possessed or some shit. He's like, "I never seen nothing like that." And he's like, I, "I'm just." I just want to let you know that you need to, you need to address that because, you know, you seem right. like a good dude, <laughs> you know, it just, whatever it was anyways. So uh, while I was in there though, my, I got served uh, papers from my ex to like, she wanted to uh, like uh, release me from my uh, parental rights. Right. And so at the time I, I had some time to think about it while I was in there. And, and instead of thinking like, you know, Hey, this is my responsibility. You know, it's my daughter, you know, this is my blood. This is this I'm going, right. oh, yeah. Well, shit. I'm like, dude, I won't have to pay child support. If I do this, if I don't show up to court, if I don't, if I don't contest it, I won't be on the hook anymore for like, and I hadn't at this point And I hadn't really connected with her just the whole, when, even when she was uh, born. Right right i wasn't even there so i mean the connection never got really made um between me and and that child and although i remember it i tried i tried to be be that but it just it was never it just never took well you're you're a drug addict at this yeah yeah you're you're it's everything you you can do to to just you know keep yourself on drugs and and just maintain your own lifestyle and keep yourself off the fucking streets at this point right so that's to to a certain extent yeah, but I mean, that's your whole focus is just kind of like getting money, staying high, having a good time. Like, you know, it, you got to get off drugs to really make that kind of connection, probably, I'm sure. You know, yeah. like you're not really like a father at that point. Yeah, you're you're an absentee. Right. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, we that whole thing uh, transpired and um, I was like, all right. So I, you know, thought I made the right decision for her, you know, being the, the, uh, the stand up guy I am, uh, you know, I'm looking out for the best interests of this child. So yes, I, I probably shouldn't be in its life. And so I just forgot about it. Unfortunately, when you make decisions like that, that, that drugs are numbing out, 
you know what I mean? Even though I was, I wasn't on drugs at that point. I, even when I got off drugs, it took two years for me to fucking for my for my mind to get right. Right. You know what I mean? And not have these fucked up thoughts or, or you know, triggers or, or, or any of that. So, I mean, even I was I was sober. I, dude, I was not right in my right mind at all at, at, at any point, you know, up into the uh, to this point and, and further until I actually until 2010, to be honest with you. Uh, and we're we're probably in what? Not even that. I would say nine. 2001 two at this point because i fell in 2004 that's when i went to prison and i was that was it until i got out um so i i ended up you know getting out of that i i decided to go to uh phoenix to do a geographical because you know the problem is in vegas it's you know it's not in phoenix phoenix is fine i'll do well there um yeah unfortunately the problem keeps following me because i'm the fucking problem right but unfortunately you don't realize that sometimes uh for a long time when you're busy running all the time you don't look in the rear view quite quite as much so i go to phoenix stay drunk there uh the whole time uh because i'm punishing myself now for the fucked up decision i made for my daughter which i don't really realize because it's all subconscious so subconsciously, I'm punishing myself uh, for that decision, and I continue to punish myself, uh, fail there, come back, um, living with some friends, uh, still working uh, a regular job, and I decide they decide they're going to move. So I moved to North Las Vegas into this shithole. Um, but before I move there, I get a job as a bouncer at a strip club in Vegas called the Palomino Club, which is the only club that serves alcohol and is fully nude. A lot of funny stories from that place. But what I did is I just reverted back to to what I know, right, where I can find somebody to fucking take care of me or, or to mooch off of or to leech off of. Right. And that's a stripper. Right. And so I go, I get a job, I get hired there. I move, I start talking to this uh i've already been talking to this chick already that i met there right because before my friends moved they uh i got the job had been working there for about three weeks um met this one chick and i'm not i'm not on meth at all at this point right i'm i'm clean uh trying to 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 move through but i i know that i can find some reprieve in in some in a stripper somewhere if i could just land it so I hook up. What are you? What's funny? I was just thinking, you're, you're like, if I, I just gotta arrange it so that I can hook up with a stripper because she'll and she'll they're perfect enablers. Yep, right, right. 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 So I, I I find it. She says, "Hey, come hang out." Uh, you know, she lives right down the street from where I'm staying. I'm like, cool, yeah. I mean, she's kind of hot, and it's a little, little not the body type, but it's like, all right. I mean, she's she's hot enough where I'm I'm like, dude, I fuck that, and so. I go, I go over there and uh, I walk in. I knock on the door and it's a and it's a, a gate, um, like a cement wall with a gate and a deadbolt and a uh, and a and a regular um, a doorknob. So it's kind of a strange setup. I knock on it. She said, "Come in." I come in. There's a, a sliding glass door, and these sliding glass doors and this setup is going to be important later on in the story. Um, so I meet her. <laughs> As I walk in, dude, she's sitting there smoking a fucking glass pipe of meth. I hadn't done meth in about two years at this point, right? Maybe, maybe a little less. 
my heart starts racing, like pounding, like, because I, I know I want to do it. Right. right. But I know I shouldn't. I know the first thing I should do. And I'm thinking, I'm, as soon as I see what she's doing, I'm like, walk away, walk away, walk away, walk away. Like, turn around, turn around. No, 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 no. Red flag, red flag. <laughs> right. But I can't. I keep walking and I sit down and I get fucking high. That starts a two year because this is, like I said, 2004. This is about two years. A two year run of selling meth. And orchestrating crime in Las in the in the greater Las Vegas area, uh, and really turning up how I'm I'm learning how to uh, wash bills and and make counterfeit money. I'm learning how to take information and turn it into money, right? Like not just not just like shit, like cash. And all of this is happening because I'm spending, as I'm sending these guys out to, to do my dirty work, right? And I hook up with these, uh, right, well, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. So I end up losing that job because the owner of the strip club is pissed because I'm fucking one of his girls and he's not. So I get fired from that. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, what are we going to do now? So I'm like, all right, well, fuck. I better start selling some meth because I've got two mouths to feed and, and two pipes to feed now. Uh, and I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get a job because I'm unemployable at this point. Right. Cause I, right. I, I can't fucking not, not be on drugs. Right. So. <laughs> I mean, you actually can, you were off drugs for two years, but your go-to move is, well, got to start selling meth. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? And, and but it's, it's, it's not an easy thing to to stop, right? Right, because it's a pro. It's it's not as hard as stopping uh, heroin, I would imagine, because heroin has that that physical addiction. Meth is a little bit different because when you stop it, the the train just goes. It's not like it goes off the track; it just stops. And then now you've got to you know go to sleep, sleep for three days, four days, get it out of your system. I mean, it's like a fucking. It, it, it's no fun. And so it's, it's got the same sort of like a physical addiction, but it's more of a mental one at that, at that point. And so anyways, um, where was I at? Lost your job because yep, yep, yep. Lot, lot. I was unemployable. And so I started selling, I started, uh, employing these, these, uh, other tweakers as I started selling drugs and people started realizing that I'm in that game right which is completely different in vegas and i'll tell you why it's just it was a such a different animal than where i was in the bay area california um i got involved with this one dude uh this black dude and he was supplying me with quite a bit and we'd been in in that relationship and arrangement for about a year and a half and, and no no problems all of a sudden I get, uh, I'm involved in all doing all my thing. Right. And he sent, there's another guy that he sends to me instead. So I'm no longer dealing with him. I'm dealing with somebody else as somebody else is, is a CI now. Right. He was compromised and then sent, sent the, the heat to me. Right. So now I'm under an investigation. Um, I'm getting, I'm getting super paranoid at this point. Right. 
Uh, I've got a lot of people around me. I've got a lot of shit around me, a lot of stolen stuff around me because I'm sending these guys out, these 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 guys that are uh, mainliners, right? They're stick, ice comb stickers, but they're people that were intravenously using this drug. And uh, to me, in meth, I wasn't, I was, I only smoke it. I, I'm a better, I'm a better addict than than one of those guys. Right. You know what I mean? The, they're on Skid Row, and so yeah. you know they're lucky that they've met me because I'm I'm giving them drugs. And I'm allowing, I'm giving them the vehicle and I'm giving them all of the tools to go and commit crimes for me and then bring back all of the stuff. And then I pay them in drugs. And, you know, this truck that I have is, you know, it's been painted like, you know, two, a couple of times and, you know, the, the racks taken off, put back on, you know, all these different things as I'm sending these people out to, to cause chaos amongst the town. What are, what are they doing? They're robbing places or. Yeah, they're going to doing smash and grabs. Oh, okay. So at that, at, well, I didn't get in trouble for this. I'm not even going to talk about it. Okay. Um, so that that's going on. Um, as I'm I'm learning how to do these these other things, um, I, I end up like on this investigation thing, right? And they're literally like been watching me for a month. I have guns. I, these guys bring me guns. They bring me everything, right? So I have all of this shit, like stacked up, fucking, you know, receivers, stereo receivers. Like you should see, you should see, like what I did with uh, my stereo system. I had like thirty fucking speakers hooked up to like this surround sound system. You know what I mean? I I couldn't sleep. Like I would stay up for three days at a time trying to figure out how to do something and perfect it. And then I would crash for a day and then I'd wake up and I'd start it all over again. And so I would like have all this fucking stuff. And amongst this, and I, which I didn't realize is I'm ADHD. So this the meth to me is like fucking Bradley Cooper and limitless. Right. Like it's like super hyper focusing me to where I can get shit done and figure things out and like, holy fuck. Right. When all the other tweakers around me are like have a million projects scattered about and can't figure out nothing. And so that just put me on a different level altogether than them. Not that I was smarter. I just, you know, had a, uh, I don't know, whatever it was. What, how, how did this end up becoming, you know, the what, fraud and, and you ended up in, in prison? I mean, what, like, this is. So I had learned how to um, utilize information. Like uh, I had hooked up with this chick that worked for a tour agency and she was giving me stacks of, of like reservations and then the reservation had all of their information it had their their address their phone number their credit card number their cv ccv number like everything you need to like almost steal this person's identity if, if you were that good right and so i was literally i had tons of them to burn through and so i was figuring out the weaknesses within what i was trying to do by burning through some of these and so i would figure oh that's what I need to do to get through this, right? This set of security. And so what I, I wish I could, to, could tell you what it was that I was doing, but I didn't get caught for any of it. And I stole a lot of money doing it. Right. All right. And so okay. I had gone cross country to do that. I'd figured out how to do this thing. Right. And so I'd, I'd gotten a new identity. I was stealing this uh, guy's name. Um, I can't remember what the fuck his name was, but I, 
I had managed to get a credit card in his name sent to me. I'd managed to answer all these questions. So now I am this person. I have the ID that I made. Um, I have the credit card to match it. I've got five cell phones that I'm running through different area codes as we're moving through different area codes, uh, setting up um, wire transfers, right? And uh, collecting. And I'm making the IDs in the back of the the Durango that's rented in this person's name. So I'm this person. Um, And so I'm doing this going across country, um, making these uh, stops, uh, picking up cash and making the IDs in as I'm going. Right. So we end up running out of fucking meth in. if we end up running out of meth in fucking uh, in Amarillo, Texas, I, I don't know what to do. I'm like, all right, well, fuck, where, where can we get some more? I, it's not like you can just go to the fucking store. You know what I mean? And say, I'd eat some more meth. Uh, we're trying to think of places we can go. We go, to, we go to the strip club. We try to get there. They don't fuck with me because I look like a goddamn cop. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? And so we're stuck. Can't find no drugs um get a hotel room and sleep for three days our roommate at the time is like blowing us up like where are you at when are you coming back where are you at when are you coming back bitch you've never given a fuck what we're doing right why all of a sudden now are you like needing to know every step that we're making your so that's rated no not yet no so but there's something in the back of my head going okay red flag there um all right we need to get we need to we need to get home because i need some goddamn drugs i've slept for three days i'm i'm irritated i'm agitated i'm foggy um let's just get on the road and get going um but let's set up some shit on the way back right and so we can we can hit some more of these things and uh we do that uh i end up with like 30 grand in cash uh from what i did and this bitch is still fucking blowing us up and i'm like okay there's something up here there's something going on i'm not going straight home i'm gonna stop at my buddy's house i'm gonna hide the cash and then i'm gonna go to the house i don't know what's happening but this this is something not right we show up we get into the house uh there's two dudes there one i i know one i do not and and the roommate so we sit down uh we're passing around the pipe smoking and the guy pulls out a gun and he sets it on his lap and I, I I realize it, and I go, "Hey man, put that shit away. What what the what what what's up with that man? Put that away. You don't need that in here." And he's like, "No no no, I don't think you understand." I'm like, "Understand what?" And he's like, "Get the fuck on the ground." And I'm like, "Oh okay, yeah, I understand that." <laughs> Are they so? They're not. No they're no. They're so the dude. Them. So the dude. Yeah, they're fucking. They're taxing me. So apparently the guy was a said he was a Hell's Angels uh, dude, uh, the, the Hell's Angels guy. The guy who brought him there is is uh, the roommate's friend. He's a hang around trying to earn his stripes. So he tells him that I'm going to get a shitload of methamphetamine and drugs. Right. Which I have no fucking idea where that came from. But that's not what was going down. Um, and so he was like, all right, we're going to tax this dude when he gets back gets there he separates us right and starts questioning her starts questioning me trying to see if our stories match up right and they do 
And so, the, like, there's nothing he can do. And so finally, I'm just like, hey, man, do check this out. I don't, what is it that you're trying to get? Because you're not going to get a whole lot. I mean, what you I got some bike, uh, you know, I bought some fireworks from, you know, whatever. So, like, whatever you think that I've got, I, I don't. And you're you're probably gonna fuck yourself off because there's a bigger there's a bigger tr- treasure trove over here, right? So I'm basically like trying to like do Jedi mind tricks with this dumb fuck, and he falls for it. I tell him, "Hey, man, I'm this is this is what I'm doing and what I went to try to figure out. Not that I got a bunch of cash from it, but I was trying to see if I could make it work, and that I did. And this is on the horizon over here." right and he's like oh shit yeah okay yeah i'm in i'm in i'm in let's do it let's do it let's do it they steal like a a cannondale bike they steal a computer or they didn't steal it i'm just like they didn't want to leave empty-handed right right and so i'm like here take this take this take that well once they got them out of the house i'm like fuck this motherfucker i'm gonna kill him and i used that id to go and buy a shotgun and in that identity right went down to big five went and bought the shotgun fucking passed the test and walked out with it or no i didn't walk out right within because there's that cool off period right right but like three days later i was able to go and pick it up in the interim of this three days right we got home um there was i had some chick working for me or no there was some chick that i wanted to fuck and so i set it up where I'm, I put her in a hotel room and I'm like leaving my house in between, you know, the three days going and fucking this chick in a hotel room. Um, I'm paying cash for it at this point. So there's no, and she's, it's in her name, right? Her, her ID. The mistake that I made is the ID that I fucking stole. And they would have come across this anyways. Cause the, I, unless I would have picked somebody who matched my description, I use a fucking black guy's fucking name. Wow. All or right. a black or a black dude's shit. And so in when I went to to use the credit card and I use my ID for the next day, right? And this the very day that I'm going to pick up this gun, uh, they sent that information to Metro, right? Because they do it with everybody to make sure you're not a fugitive if you do go uh to a budget rental weekly thing over in Vegas. And so obviously you, you're going to, I'm not black. Right. Right. And so they told me when I went to check in, Oh, your room will be ready. in like, it's about 11 o'clock. They said, Oh, your room will be ready in like three hours. And cause I wanted a completely new one, not the one that we were in. Right. And I'm like, and I didn't think nothing of it because I know I, I have to go and pick up this gun. So that's, on, that's more on my mind than three hours. It's 11 o'clock. You should have rooms that are available for me to just go in right now. Right. So I go on, do my thing. Um, you know, we come back, pick up the gun, come back and pull in. I'd already gotten the key. And as we're walking in, the uh, uh, they they just swarm me. And they're like, I, and I, I was so tired. I was so tired at that point from being on the run and not sleeping. And just like, I was so relieved it was over. I'm like, fuck yeah. So anyways, the same fraud and forgery guy that came when when the they blew my doors in like fucking Noriega, which is this is the part where I said, uh, pay attention to these doors. So when they finally came for me, they uh, they had seen that I was carrying all the time. Right. Because I'd pull the gun out from under the seat, put it in my back, walk, 
you know, right. to the house or do the reverse of that getting into the car. So they came in with fucking force, right? The SWAT team came in. Um, the first thing, so it was like three o'clock in the morning when they raided me. And like I said, I was, I knew something, I knew something was around the corner. I could feel it. I got rid of all of the fucking guns for some reason. Uh, you know, I, I just ditched them. My only one I had was one and it was like a little 22 Derringer or 25 small, small pistol with the serial numbers filed off, which would have caught me five years if I got in trouble with it. Yeah. Right. So that's sitting under my desk or uh, under reachable from my desk, right out of sight. Um, it's three o'clock in the morning. I have my buddy over, uh, the st- the, the TV's on super loud in, in the, uh, in the living room. My girlfriend and her, her friend are asleep in our room. Um, I have a hundred dollar bill that I'm working on, on the screen, right? I hear this fucking boom, boom. And I can't, I can't tell if it was from the TV or what it was from. Right. And then I'm like, did you hear that? And he's like, yeah, what the fuck was that? And all of a sudden it was another one. The flashbang came into the fucking into the living room because they thought that's where we were. Right. And boom. I think it's a drive by. I'm not even thinking that it's the cops at this point. Right. I tell him, get the fuck down. I grab the gun and <laughs> it's at my fucking my ankle. Right. So picture a hallway. Right. A hallway that's about 10 feet long. And then to the at the end of that hallway to the right is a is a is a straight line to the door all right a wall that goes right to the front door that's what they had blown in they 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 blew that one in and they blew the 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 the, the glass the glass sliding door right in the kitchen and so but was in what was in front of that door which would made them not be able to see what i had was one of those fucking giant projection screen TVs that weighed like a thousand pounds you remember right. the ones i'm talking about yeah yeah that they're about like six feet or five feet tall. Yeah. So as I come around that corner with my, with my hand down at my ankle, I see the SWAT shields and they don't see me yet. Mm. So in one, in one motion, I ditch the gun behind the TV and I dive into the middle of the thing with my hands on my head. Like I only give them an opportunity, right? My hands are, are going behind my head as I'm sliding in <laughs> diving. Um, they zip tie me, they hog tie me. They, they bring everybody out. I take responsibility for everything, right? Uh, I said, it's all me. Uh, they have no, and they're like, bullshit, prove it. How do these people not know? I said, well, first of all, my, I'm the only one that has access to these rooms because they were all dead bolted and I'm the only one that had a key because they literally went through and they tried my girlfriend's keys and none of them could open it. I'm the only one. So the story matched. So that room were all, I did all my shit. And the outside room where I washed all of my my bills and there was a whole nother fucking workspace in there. I'm the only one that had the access to. So that story matched. But when they were outside, the first flashbang that they shot in didn't work because I, I had double pane glass windows. And I because I lived near Ellis, Nellis Air Force Base. And so I tinted the inside windows to where it had that. You know, when you looked at it in the daytime, it was it was reflective. Right. So when it went when the first flashbang went through the first pane, it was a a, it was just a a fucking circle. It didn't make it through the second one and it bounced back and blew up on them. 
So that caused their police dog to bite the officer. So before they even came in, they had their own crisis going on. They were already pissed. Right. And so I'm hogtied and I'm trying to tell them, it's all me. It's all me. Nothing. Da, 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 da. It's like, why didn't you just fucking open, knock on the door? I would have fucking answered it. You dipshit. Yeah, I was pissed, right? Because, like, why, what the fuck did you go through all that for? It was not necessary. I got to fucking run. So, anyways, I start mouthing off, and I'm hogtied. And then two of the officers pick me up and ram my head into the fucking big screen TV and busts the, uh, the, the fucking screen. But what it does is it pushes the gun. <laughs> it pushes the, the TV up over the gun, so they never found it. They also never found all of the drugs that I had hidden in the TV VCR combo, which the police dog missed because it was up in the corner. So all of my cash, all of my drugs, everything was in there and they missed it. So I get let out on my own recognizance three days later because I don't have any cases. I don't. This is the first time I've ever been arrested on a felony. And so I go back and they had been cleaning up the house they didn't even know where the drugs and the shit were the people that were there or else they would have stolen it right all that was there the gun was gone though no one can tell me where what happened to the gun the cops didn't get it it's not in my fucking you know what i mean i'm not i don't have a charge for it like where did it go well the guy that was helping them clean up stole it and then he ended up getting involved in a raid like two weeks later and was had it and walked right into the fucking raid so he ends up getting yeah so he ends up getting charged with that fucking gun so anyways i move we move out of there i have enough money to go and start my shop somewhere else fuck i'm not going to do drugs anymore i'm not going to not that i'm not going to do them i'm just not going to sell them anymore because i don't want another charge of selling drugs so i switch right over into uh uh fraud and forgery right because so I'm already doing you, it. So you're on the run or you're just out on bond? I'm out on bond. Right? Okay. So it's not like you took off on the run. You're still making your court appearances. You're still calling in. No, I'm on the run. I, I, okay. once I, once they let me out, I'm like, fuck you, catch me if you can. Cause okay. I, I mean, dude, I know I'm going to go away for a while. Right. I got five fucking controlled, uh, controlled substance buys. Right, right right for an ounce and so that's not like little it's it is little can if you're in california but at that point in that time and period in in uh, nevada which yeah. is you know it, that was a lot yeah so i uh i get out i change everything we move um i i wire this place to where well first of all i make it to where there's only you can only get in one way at the top you can only get it one way at the bottom and i have everything covered with a camera where i can see in I've got a, another exterior door that I built in to where they're going to have to get through that before they can get into the main entrance to give me time to do whatever it is I need to do. I don't know, man. I was just fucking super paranoid at this point on the run. Um, and so this is where I ended up going to that, that uh, making that trip, learning how to do all this other stuff. So I'm just catching us up back to where I just got uh, fucked off by this guy. Right. Right. So I go back down. He doesn't get any of the cash. I go back down, get the cash. Um, I I get arrested, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's where we're at. I get arrested. I'm in the back of the cop car. It's about 115. Um, I'm like, I cannot stay awake. I'm falling asleep. It's like, the, the you know, there's, there's detectives everywhere. These other folks show up, which happens to be the fraud and forgery guy from the first place that I got raided at. So he already knows me and everything that I've like accomplished so far in that last one and accumulated. 
And then he had this other dude who was doing a ride along with him, which was a secret service dude, which fucked me. And that's why I got the federal charge. Mm-hmm. When I got arrested, I had a box full of, of shit that I didn't even know I had that had credit card numbers in it. So I ended up getting charged with 30 counts of fucking access device fraud with, for that. Um, and then he, and then the guy told the fraud and forgery guy, he's, he goes, look, I remember the last time that we got you and I've been waiting for you to pop up for sure. Cause I knew you were going to, and he's like, you're back at it, but you're doing something a little bit different. He's like, look, you don't want to get charged with any of this shit right here, right now. Cause I've got you dead to rights for about at least fucking 15 to 20 of them. He's like, take me to your house, give me your shit, whatever you have. And then you're going to go, you're, we'll just, you're going on your fucking warrants. And so he would just wanted to get any of my, my computers and any of the information that I may have had. And so I did, I took him, I told my girl, Hey man, the cops are coming. Uh, um, it's probably the last time you're going to see me, but I need to give them all my shit. So if you got like any drugs or whatever, fucking, you know, get right. Get or, out of the or house. Move it, get out of the house, do whatever you gotta do. And so I did, I went and I, I gave him all my stuff. Um, I had, I had made the social security pages, right? Like sheets of social security cards that they couldn't decipher if they were real or fake. And they're like, dude, where'd you get these? I said, I fucking made them. And they're like, yeah. no, you didn't quit lying. Where did you get these from? Tell us where you stole these from. And I'm like, I, dude, you want me to turn on my fucking computer? I'll show you the, the, the Photoshop <laughs> document. Yeah. And so anyways, it's just, I ended up getting to jail, sleeping for fucking four days, uh, you know, really realizing like, fuck, because it doesn't hit you when you get to jail. It hit, especially for me, because I had to come down, I had to sleep for four days and right around that fifth day, it started hitting me where I'm in like a a dorm setting uh, in the middle of the night. I'm going to be here for a while. (laughs) Who, you? no i'm saying that that realization yeah yeah oh wow i I really fucked up i'm gonna be here for this is it like this may be a long time right yeah yeah and so i was curled up in the curled up in a fetal position just fucking like lost it like the shaking convulsing like fuck oh nobody you know what i mean it's like the high pitch it's like man and so from that point on, I just, I started to like, I didn't know what my choices were. Like I hadn't taught, I disappeared from my family. My, like my mom had, had like put in a missing persons report on me cause I hadn't been in contact for so long. Um, you know, so I had to call and, you know, Hey, I'm in fucking trouble again. Can you, can you help? <laughs> hmm. And so, you know, she, she did the best she could. Um, I tried to fight the case on my own. I started, you know, requesting um, stuff around my case and trying to see, you know, what kind of action I had or what could I do? You know what I mean? Like, I just, I didn't know what to do. I have a question. Are you in federal custody at this point? No state. Oh, it's state. Okay. So it didn't go. So the secret service didn't bring it federal. Not yet. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's coming though, right. but I'm not aware of it. Right. I'm just trying to get through this part of it. And, um, you know, so I'm reading and I'm reading that, you know, the drugs, they need to test them and that there's a huge backlog of testing and, and this and that. So like, I'm trying to figure out how I can like, I guess, manipulate the system in yeah. a way or, or work it towards my advantage. 
And so I decided to not uh, waive my right to a speedy trial to force their hand in, in the testing, right? I was I was hedging my bets that they wouldn't be able to get the the test in time for that 60 days because of the backlog and then they'd have to dismiss it if they couldn't if they couldn't produce the evidence. Right. So around that time when it came a week before the trial um they uh the I I realized that the prosecutor and the the um public defender were both colluding to like basically they're wheeling and dealing me uh, trying to get a conviction out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to convince you to plead guilty for, to something. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh shit, because the, and the, how I found that out is my public defender was supposed to be on vacation the day that he called me. And I, I'm like, Hey, whoa, whoa, wait, aren't you supposed to be on vacation? We, I contested us doing that, like pushing this off for a week to give you more time and to give your fucking prosecutor more time. And you're calling me when you're supposed to be on vacation. So that just tells me that you just fucked me. You're trying to railroad me. And so I, I went, I told my mom the story and I was like, dude, I need, I need a lawyer. Right. You know, they're trying to hang me out for like 15 years, two to two to 15 on a first felony. And so I ended up getting a, uh, getting that, and and in between that like maybe like seven months later the indictment for the fucking feds come and then i go into fed custody and fighting that case and kind of where i got screwed was i was supposed to have my state running running concurrent with my fed time but the judge in my case was she saw what i was doing in the from the beginning like right. that that i that i'm not like some fucking drug addict like to your you're you're fucking intelligent you're not what you're trying to claim to be right and so she just she she made it to where it didn't happen that way so i ended up having to it was running wild for me which right. was i mean it was not a lot but i mean 18 months is 18 months right no it's 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 always it's always more than you expect it's always a worse sentence than you listen whole time i was locked up i met two people that told me that told me i got exactly i got what i deserved I, I got a, I got a, I, I'm happy with my sentence. I'm, I'm, I, I'm right. Actually, to be honest, they actually, both of them didn't say I got what I deserve. They basically said, I'm happy with my sentence. I deserved more than what I got. Like they, they immediately, you know, one of those two guys was that guy I told you about that, that ran over the two hikers. Mm -hmm. He said, when I was like, I don't know why I automatically said to him, well, is, are you fighting it? And he looked at me and he goes, I killed two people. He said, I got, he was, I killed two people and I got 15 years. He said, that's a good deal. He said, I deserved way more than that. Like he would, he had accepted it. He was, he had, he had the right attitude. That probably got, that guy probably went on and made something of his life because he realized that he was, he was lucky. But I mean, that would have been a tough one. I mean, you know, I, and I think about that sometimes too, cause I'll, I'll look down at my phone sometimes and dude that's all it takes all it takes is glancing at your phone and veering off and you can and you'll kill somebody who's you know either somebody walking home from school a kid riding a bike you know yeah. some some you pedestrian yeah so yeah. but yeah i i uh so yeah so 18 months might not have seemed like you know it, it it's always it, it, any time in prison just sucks even if you have it coming it still sucks yeah. And, and so I learned. And so once I, I, I got through that and I finally I got sentenced and I ended up in 
a contract facility in North Las Vegas, North Las Vegas City Jail, which is a fucking dump. Um, and but at the time they had the uh, they had the contract for INS, so all of the all of the uh, illegals that would get rounded up would come there and so a lot of times there's you know south siders are gangbangers right so a lot of sorenos were coming through at the time and uh the area that i'm from is i'm I'm not a gangbanger at all i don't i don't fight over numbers and shit like that unless they got dollar signs in front of them but it i know about it right because i'm from the area where the northanios are from and so somehow some we and because you know when you're on a yard and you ain't seen a girl in a while and all of a sudden you're next to like the girls come out in the girls unit and like everybody gets to see them they like pile up against the the fence and they're trying to catch a catch a catch a glimpse this little fat fucking gangbanger like elbowed me in the fucking chin because i was trying to look and he's like get off me man and when he did that my natural reaction was as i stepped back and i just fucking whack slapped him open-handed fucking in the back of the head and like everybody was a what the whole everybody just like stopped what they were doing and he didn't do shit oh, he, that. <laughs> he, he didn't do shit but i didn't i didn't understand any of this right like what what i just did yeah i was gonna say it may not be a problem right then <laughs> so like he didn't do nothing and i'm just like thinking nothing of it right uh, I get a call to go attorney call. Right. So I go to the phones and um, so you can imagine what, what's transpiring now. Right. They're grouping up. They're at their table. Yeah. They're talking, they're talking, talking looking at me as I'm on the phone and I'm thinking to myself, Oh shit. Like what am I going to do? You know what I mean? Cause I know, I know, man, it's gonna, it, it ain't going to be one. It's not going to be fair. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, um, I got off the phone and walk up to the, uh, and I'm rolling on my own at this point. Right. I haven't clicked up with anybody. I I don't understand the politics. I don't, I'm like, I came here alone. I'm fucking leaving alone. You know, that was my mentality. And so I go and I walk up to the thing and fucking four of them follow behind me and I know, okay, well I need to get in between the bunks so none of them can get around me. And so that worked for a minute. Uh, but as they fucking, you know, these little Mexicans are small, right? Like, yeah, it's like, two of, yeah, there's a lot of, them. like two of them, you know, to my, to one of me. And so they, they finally got around me and started. And so my only, my only choice was, I was like, and I had to think about this really fast. I'm like, dude, just, just let them do what they got to do. Cover your face. So you stay in the unit. You know, that's all I cared about was staying in the unit. I didn't want to go to fucking to PC. Right. right? I didn't want to get taken out like that and so i just dropped down and i covered my face and i just let him fucking go to town on me and uh it was it was uh it was time to to lock down right this had all happened everybody could hear it right (laughs) everybody knows something's going on up there um they leave uh they didn't get my face i got some knots on my head uh they release us for for uh for dinner and so they the first the first level usually will go and they'll sit down and eat and then they'll let the second level out we'll come down and we'll sit and you know wherever we sit first thing i did is i look right at them right at their fucking table and i said dude all of you and i'm still walking i'm like fuck you and right after that something happened like i think a day later um 
everything kind of slowed down. The whites approached me and they go, who, who are you rolling with? Like, what are you? Like, are you Mexican? Are you fucking other? Are you white? Like you're dark. What the fuck are you? And I knew like I'm Mexican, right? But I didn't want to roll with fucking Mexicans because I'd be a torpedo. You right. know, they'd want me to, they'd want to use my size because I'm six one, I'm six two, six one and 250 fucking pounds, you know, at that's a linebacker, a solid linebacker. Right. You know what I mean? And so, of course, they're going to want that. And I didn't want that. So I came in from the beginning lying about what I was. I'm, I'm Italian. Right. Hey, I'm Italian. Forget about it. Hey, Vinny, come over here. Um, you know, I said I'm Sicilian. That's why I'm dark um and so that's how i rolled through uh rolled through it and so anyways like a week later come uh, not a week like a day later some fucking huge fight breaks out between the Southsiders and somebody else and they lock us all down and they only allow us to uh to uh separate separate tier time right and so all my funk was with with the ins people that were down on the first tier so we were never out well, all of a sudden, the INS contract gets fucking canceled, and all of his backup, all of the Southsiders get fucking bounced out one morning, right, and and move somewhere else. So it was just him and two other Southsiders. And I yelled down to him. I'm like, his name was Cartoon. I'm like, hey, Cartoon, your people are gone. As soon as we're done, it's on, motherfucker. And he ends up uh, rolling himself up and leaving so i never got a chance to but i mean that so everything in pre-trial follows you through whatever fucking system you go to right all right so whatever story you come up with in the beginning before anybody knows you which is almost like the banks right the only reason they know anything about you is because what you fucking tell them right <laughs> uh is is how i rolled through that um i did my i did my uh my time uh in north north bay or no uh nevada state prison for 18 months i i uh uh, uh fucking what's that shit called i paroled out to my fed sentence went to sheridan oregon took me three months of diesel therapy to get from north las vegas to sheridan oregon three months yeah it's fucking crazy and i went to this place called uh uh florence arizona that has like 10 private prisons in this one fucking town it's just a prison town it was crazy um i finally got there uh got out i didn't i didn't stop doing shit when i got out i I went there and i learned how to do some other shit right (laughs) right and so and i knew that there was this thing that i could be doing when i got out that was always in the back of my head uh i did i paroled out um ended up uh 2008 i got into my trade which i'm currently still in i'm a mechanical insulator by trade i'm a union guy a blue collar dude i do a lot of commercial construction stuff i was an apprentice at that time Uh, 2008 hit um work dried up uh unemployment didn't i had a lot of time and money uh, for nothing and found meth again and we're back at it uh so from 2000 and whatever that was, I would say it was about maybe 2009. Um, cause I quit everything in 10. So from that point there, uh, I was out doing credit card fraud, learning how to encode the back of cards. Like I hooked up with somebody who actually knew what the fuck they were doing, like legit and had like places they had, like we had offices that they would 
gather information offices where we would press out cards and have every like everything was separate so if something if they took down this we would still have the information they took our information we'd still have our our equipment right you know and so we were doing that for a while and then finally uh it just kind of all it all came crashing down because i you know i was married i got married uh awalled the 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 marriage and just went and started committing crimes and like it was just fucking crazy uh and then in 2010 it all just kind of came crashing down did you get caught did you end up like you say it, it all you said it all came crashing down yeah i did i did yeah i did i did get caught doing uh doing that which led to um so i had one 90 day drug treatment stint that i manipulated my way through that as well and i was actually doing crime um and getting high coming back to the unit and using fake piss to pass my test if they thought that wow. i was yeah dude i was a I, there was a way and i'd been doing this ever since i was a kid right. i would never i would never just do shit the right way i would always figure out a way around it right, right. Or figure out how to game the system in some sort of way or find the, the 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 vulnerabilities in something so i can exploit it whether it's people systems uh, software whatever it is that i could figure out how to fucking make it so i didn't have to go to work you know yeah it's really what it, what it boiled down to my own laziness and so I don't know where I was. I fucking veered off. I mean, again. you 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 got in trouble. You but you basically just stopped everything at that point. And in 2010, you said you basically kind of got straight and yeah, and and I, just decided to uh, uh, just like look, man, whatever you're doing is not working because you're still here. Like everybody that you've gone to school with is like so much further than you are. Like if you if you you know what I mean. You put the people that you like your peer group. You know what I mean that you went yeah. to school with, grade school with. And I'm like, dude, you've you've pretty much um, made come true every prediction that they probably ever had about you. I'll tell you that. Right. Um, you know what I mean? It's like, dude, what kind of a piece of shit are you? Like the way you treat people, the way you treat women, the way you fucking do anything, the way that you treat the people that actually fucking love you. Like, yeah. what is wrong with you? And so it was like at, at some point there was just so much of that fucking noise that I had no choice. It was like either either die or fucking either either kill yourself which is like seems like what you're trying to do with all the fucking things that you've done and and situations you've put yourself in the past like shit or get off the pot motherfucker all right you know what i mean it's like either either be successful and kill yourself or or be successful and not right which direction I, I, you want to go <laughs> i understand i understand exactly what you're talking about you know i mean um so but you know now you're you're you've got a like a regular job but you're also doing youtube mm -hmm. um, well I'm, I'm i'm i wouldn't say that i'm doing youtube i'm 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 there <laughs> you have a youtube channel yeah i, got, you, I have a channel people you interview people you interviewed me you're you know you're 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 kind of putting that together and we were talking about that earlier yeah i've uh I, I'm trying to put pieces together, right? And like the whole podcast thing, the only reason why I started it was is that I'd been through these crazy fucking life, which we didn't even touch half of the crazy stories. But I mean, it's like this this crazy life that I've had that where I've started from nothing three times, like literally went went from to zero and had to like regain everything again three times. And I just wanted to hear like stories from other people like, how did you get through your fucked up shit? Yeah. 
Right. You know, you know what I mean? And it's like, am I the only one that like, like is crazy like that? And, um, and that just turned into, you know, I started doing all the things and, and, you know, literally part of being ADHD is like, you want to do all the things like you can't, like, I can't just like, just do the one thing and just like be an expert at that. Right. You know what I mean? Figure that one out. And then, then we'll progress to something else. It just has to be everything. And so it's just, it's trying to, I like the podcast. I like the, the show that I started. I think what I did is that my influence was heavily, heavily Joe Rogan. And so it comes out that my show is all over the place because I'm trying to be Joe Rogan. Yeah. And so I, I need to, 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 to just be me, you know what I mean? And figure out what that is and what that looks like instead of trying to, to, and it, I mean, it's a, it's a great, it's a, it's a great compliment to him. Right. Yeah. That, that I emulate the way that he is. But since I've listened to so much of him, the, Im the emulation to me, it almost seems like it comes out as imitation. Yeah. Well, I mean, imitation is the highest form of, of, you know, of, uh, it was the highest compliment, you know, to imitate, uh, trying to imitate someone, but, so, but you know, it's, it's probably better just, you know, be you and, and put your own spin on the, I mean, Joe Rogan didn't start podcasting and interviewing people, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, so you just need to figure out how to put your spin on that whole thing by being you. And uh, I, I mean, that isn't that life. Life is about yeah. just, I mean, you got to figure out what the fucking <laughs> exactly. secret sauce is, you know what right. I mean? And, Every, like you can't you, you can't plan viral i don't think unless you yeah, have a no. whole lot of coordinated pieces and people along with it then you no. probably could to a certain extent but i mean i, I don't think so. listen i mean some people can i can't i don't know what people are. i'll i'll be done with an interview i did an interview with this guy who was a wrestler that it was hilarious we laughed the whole time it was a great interview it was it didn't do great at all. And I'll do another one with a guy who I'm like, this guy didn't even have a story. It's not even a good interview. It's not, it's like, like, God, this guy's irritating. And then bam, it'll get 50, 60,000 views, a hundred, a hundred thousand views. And I'm like, like, it wasn't even a good interview. Yeah, yeah. You can tell that I didn't like the interview. <laughs> like I'm there. You can tell I'm not, I'm not just like, right, right. Like I could care less. So I just can't plan it. I just don't know. I just know that if I keep doing it, something will hit eventually. And if it doesn't hit eventually, it really doesn't matter because I like what I'm doing and I like my life. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not here to impress anybody. So I don't have to impress anybody. I just have to be happy, you know, and I'm happy. I'm way happier now doing everything the right way. And things are falling in place way better now than they ever did when I was desperately doing anything I could to make a bunch of money to get a bunch of money. Kind of like what Gary, what Gary V says, like, you know, I'm, I'm desperately trying to become wealthy so that I can impress a bunch of people that don't even like me. You know what you're, I mean? You're desperately trying to run in place for, for nothing. Right. Right. It's just stupid. And now I just kind of do what I like to do and what I'm enjoying doing and things seem to be working out. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good philosophy. And I, I think that sometimes, you know, I get in my own way a lot. Right. And, and it's, you know, it's, you you have to you have to know you yeah and you have to like really know you and be honest with yourself you know what i mean and and know what your which where you lack where you're where you're strong where you're weak and and you know either try to cater to those 
or or figure it figure out how you can incorporate something that that accents your your uh your your fucked up right it works with your fucked up not against it yeah well definitely so, talking to the other criminals or guys that have been in prison they definitely worked for me because you know i like hearing the stories i like talking to them i totally understand what they're talking about like and probably too much i probably should ask more questions but when people say things i'm like right right yeah 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 i don't even ask a question because it's like i totally understand what you're saying yeah, you know yeah. like you don't even have to explain it um but probably people watching a lot of the, these guys are probably like i don't understand but what, what why didn't you and the guys will say that oh you need to ask more questions like how did he figure out this why did he do that how did he and i'm like damn you know but i know yeah you know, I know how we figured that out. I know where that came from. So because you're relating, you're you're relating to the story, and you're being you're being a um, instead of being a facilitator, you're more you're, you've you've gone into the spectator, right? Yeah, and you're like you're like oh, dude, I totally get what you're saying. I I appreciate you um, doing the you know doing the podcast, doing the interview, and um, you know if anybody watching you know is interested, and you know go to. Uh, you know, nowhere to go but up. Uh, podcast. It's on YouTube. Yeah, um, you do. Yeah, that's to- basically. Yeah, that's basically what you got to do. So you just go to nowhere to go but up on Google. It'll come up everything. You know where I'm at as far as that. Or you could just hit Sean Dustin, and that'll come up with everything that I've been a part of, or you know, shows that I've been on. Uh, the easiest place to get to me and everything that I do is my link tree for now because I don't have a website yet. Uh, well, I do. I just don't know how to work WordPress, so I've had a website for like two years going on now and just never did anything with it um go to linktree the l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash nowhere to go but up and that's all the places that i'm at and the the spaces that i uh i exist in all right i i appreciate it or uh if you like the video and want to see more videos like this do me a favor and hit the subscribe button hit the bell so you get notified leave me you know leave me uh, comments. I, I try and I answer a bunch. Listen, I probably answer 70, 80% of the comments. Um, or I mean, at very least I re- read nearly all the comments. Uh, also, if you want to contact me, I get a ton of guys that are like, that will say, you know, how do I get in contact with you? Well, I mean, it's it just go to the description, you know, in the description box, it's got my email in there. It has all the books that I've written. I've wrote a memoir about my, on my story. Plus there's a, if you go to those stories there's there's a bunch of uh audible most of my books are on audible uh what else i have a i have a patreon uh, also if you're interested and you want to donate directly to the channel like you're like i don't want to join patreon but i do want to I, I do like the video you can hit the thank button and you can donate like a dollar 99 i think it's 2.99 4.99 or like 49.99 um you can donate directly to the like you, I know that you donated to this particular, uh, this particular interview. And I, so I, I'll know that, um, that, you know, Hey, this guy donated, you know, $4 and 99 cents. So, you know, cool. Uh, uh, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for watching. And I appreciate you, uh, checking out the video. See you.